1: Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com/try. Go to shopify.com/try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com/try.
2: This podcast is brought to you by our original I am a sewing machine t-shirt. If you want to support Sewing Out Loud and tell the world that you are a sewing machine, go to sewhere.com slash I am a sewing machine and use code machine to get 10% off your t-shirt.
0: Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory.
2: Hello and welcome to the podcast. And I'm Mallory Donahue.
3: And I'm ZD Donahue. I
2: almost forgot how to start the podcast. Did you forget your name? Well, I have like something up here that I need to read. And so I just stuck an and in there. Uh, Today we're going to talk about budgeting for sewing. And the reason we're going to talk about it is because there was a post in the Facebook group, right, Mom? Yes. And I was like, hey, budgeting for sewing. And Mom's like, yuck. Because we
3: Well, not that I don't have to do it or I haven't done yeah. it. It's just that I hate it. Yeah, I, wa- I want to go, go spend all the money I, I want and have all the fun I don't... want. And I don't want to have to pick this instead of that. And I don't want to have to make choices. I just want it.
2: Amen. And I
3: don't want to have to, to feel guilty if I do buy it and then it sits there for 100 years.
2: There you go. I don't want
3: all those things. I just want to sew. There you go. I'm sure there's no one else out there that feels like this. I love No, I'm I'm i right? loving it, right? No one feels like this, yeah. right? Yeah. Everybody knows exactly what they're going to spend, what they're going to spend it on, and it and every, all choices fine. are and easy everything's and happy. simple, right.
2: Everything's everything. Whoa. <laughs> you okay over there? Like right. when I had to
3: buy this big old microphone instead of fabric yeah. so I could podcast.
2: Well, this Okay, so first of all, so
3: does podcasting pay for sewing? Kind of. Okay.
2: For us, okay.
3: After how many years?
2: Well, right. Right. Um, I must, so I, I enjoy using a budgeting software called You Need a Budget. It's uh, short, when you shorten that, you call it YNAB. Okay, Y-N-A-B. So people call it YNAB. And it's this budgeting software that has a cult following, I would call it. All right? There's like a big Facebook group around it, and it's like either people love it or they hate it, okay? And I see a lot of you sewing people are in that's the,
1: everything the group. Yes. I, well, it's, yes. it's uh,
2: yes. well, and you know, it like it costs like eighty bucks a year or something. So people are like, well, you shouldn't spend money on a budgeting budget. tool because it should be free because you're trying to save money. Except like if it if the budgeting tool is like. Good for you and helps you save money, you know, then... uh,
3: Yeah, everybody can't give away their ideas and their services for nothing. Right, right.
2: So anyway, I do enjoy this. uh, And it, it lets you, like, you know, you set goals. You fund every month and you fund months forward. And anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because we're talking about budgeting. But we have a unique situation because sewing is our job. And talking about sewing
3: is Is our our job. job.
2: But the person who asked the question in the group was sort of like, so uh, what's going on is they're having their first baby, and they think they may be leaving the workforce because the job does not pay more than daycare would cost. This is a
3: very common 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 dilemma.
2: Or common realization. Yeah, you know. And so then do you keep your job so that, you're not out of the workforce and you don't lose those years of right making... some
3: people just work during childcare years to save their place in their job That's so right. to speak and yes
2: so we're going to maybe leave out some of the terrible social implications of this and this this is one of those choice. this is one
3: of those cheerful podcasts
2: yeah this is just so uplifting right yeah so a lot of people you know find that but you know then then this person says Okay, but I love sewing, so you know I want to keep doing it. You know, right. how much should I budget, or or how do you pay for it, or do you use your sewing? I think this is maybe like the crux of the issue here. Do you use your sewing to pay for your sewing? Right.
3: You know, I have a lot to say about there's that. There's so many a things whole to lot. Say. Yeah. So yeah, to mom, say.
2: start saying things because that's what we do here. We say things <laughs> into this mic. These I, okay. The first
3: thing that comes to my mind is. This is, I hate to lead with this, but it's just the first thing that comes to my mind. Be careful you don't ruin your love of something. Right. By, you know, pandering it out to someone else, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. Like, you love sewing because you're creating things for yourself, because you're learning things for yourself. Okay. You can wind up not liking sewing. Because you have to do it this way, and you have to do it for so. I mean, I even found that even when owning the shop, as much as I loved having the shop, it was like, oh, these new embroidery designs are coming in. I have to. Oh yeah. I have to stitch them out. I have to come up with a project, you know, because I have to sell these. Because otherwise, I got the bills. rent monster yeah. will come, and and you know. Ask no, me for money I don't have. I
2: mean, I even find that, like, in this iteration of our business, sometimes, I'm like, okay, am I sewing the thing that people will be interested in? Well, am that's I, true. Am yeah. I – have I chosen the project? Yes,
3: sometimes we're sewing for you instead of sewing for ourselves yeah, is what like, we're saying. You right? you know, I, right.
2: there are, like, worse jobs, okay? I'm right, not right, right. But, but, but <laughs> the thing – and,
3: and, no, that, well, don't claim – you're not complaining yeah. about the job, but no. what you're saying is – So you work all day on this sewing, and then when it comes to your leisure or your hobby or whatever you call it, your art, your expression, are you tired of it? Because you spent that energy on others or someone else or another goal or whatever, you know, you spent it in a direction that was not... For you only.
2: That's right. So when you go to sew, well, I think this is actually a really interesting time. So I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast episode. But we are in the midst of the COVID right. pandemic. And there is a high demand for masks. Well,
3: and I can tell you, I follow plenty of people uh-huh. that were mask, mask, mask. I've made 100 masks. I've yep. made 200 masks. You know, they're like keeping this tally. And now they're like, I never want to sew another mask sew in my life. Mask. I hate them. I hate yes. them. I don't like even seeing them on any ride. <laughs> I dream about masks. Yeah. My fingers hurt. You know, like, you know, you have to take care of yourself. Right. And we did have some people that said, I will eventually sew some mask for myself, for my friends, for my family. That went ahead with what they were doing, mm-hmm. and a lot of them, I think, might be in a better place than the people that were mask, 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 well, mask.
2: Well, I guess what I why but why I want to bring that up is so sometimes people say, well, I'm going to sew things and sell them to make money, right? And In this moment, we have a very tangible example of a thing that you can sew and sell right Right now. now. I don't want to say it's insured that you would sell them because they are starting to be more mass manufactured at the moment. Like Old Navy is selling masks
3: now. Crayola is selling masks. There you go.
2: So... What I'm saying Believe is, me,
3: if you can sew it, someone else eventually will sell it.
2: Right. But yeah. what I'm saying is this is a very, I think it is kind of a unique moment where a lot of people found, okay, I actually can sew something. Well, it's not it, like they made a quilt and they're trying to sell it. Well, and
3: there were people whose income went away. Yeah. Or diminished. And they, and they were like, well, i, I, I for instance, so. there were aerial costumers, mm-hmm. right, who were like, well, I've got, I can sell a mask. Nobody wants a costume right now. No one no gets to perform. Yeah. You know, Cirque du Soleil is uh, yeah. going for bankruptcy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it, it fit in. Right. You know, it right. did fit in in a lot of places and it worked well. And yes, there was a market, but still, right. still, what are you going to sell that mask for?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How
3: are you shipping it out? What mm-hmm. is that cost? What is that time? What is the cost on your sewing machine? Okay. There's all, you know, it looks great. Oh, I have these scraps, and I have a little bit of elastic, and I can make this mask, and I can sell it for 5 to $7 or whatever. Right. And, yeah, you think you just made $5. Right. And that might not truly be a reality. Oh,
2: yeah. If we were selling the masks that we've been making... I'd say 20 dollars, thirty five. Okay, all right. Yeah, I would. Considering
3: I've made all of them, yeah. So Mallory knows. I right. did.
2: I'm kind of made. Some yeah, she of did them.
3: do something. Uh,
2: yeah. so, yeah, I would. I would. That's what I think it would. It would cost, you know, based on our materials and our hours and our. Uh, well,
3: and you know, we made a mask that was fitted. We made a mask that had the a pretty labor-intensive uh, mask. Had you know a nose wire in it that, I mean. All ma- they are not all masks are the same, right? right? Like anything else. Right. So I mean, I have seen masks anywhere from like five dollars, mm-hmm. right, up to twenty, thirty dollars. Right. Right. So, um, you know, people making masks for people to wear in their wedding, or yeah, you know, custom making custom things. type masks, things like that. So
2: okay, let's get a little oh, a little away from the mask. But mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is, you kind of need to decide. Or, you know, experiment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is there a thing you think you can sew and sell? Because mm-hmm. you talked about how there were you, at one point, would applique the name of a kid on, like, a little pair of overalls or, like, a mm-hmm. romper. And it was so popular at mm-hmm. this little custom shop, and it was something that you did for some extra fun. Oh,
3: I even had these ones that I applique that said i am two there we I go i am three yeah i that and those were not cu- that way it wasn't an Was order it custom yes. right now some people did order one you know but i could put those out and people are buying them for everybody's birthday yeah you so know
2: if you find something that is okay it's fairly like you know the mask thing sort of emotional, too. So it's not like you had a bunch of emotions tied up in right. that. It was something that was easy for you to do. You felt the return on it was good. But it wasn't something that you kept doing forever and ever. Well,
3: I will have to tell you, though, at that point in time, you could not get on the Internet uh-huh. and order something up like that. No, but you took I, an opportunity. I took a unique yeah. niche. Uh-huh. This was this shop. It was so cute, The shop. And they called it Chocolate Soup. Aw. And it was all kids' clothes and Almost all of them were handmade by people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Some of them were, ordered, you know, they had like a, but a lot of them, people came in with their ideas and tried to sell it to the right. shop, and, um, and they were very high quality. Right. Let me tell you, very high quality. There right. was you, you had to have a pristine, pristine uh, product to sell it at this. Well, it was also kind of in a high end neighborhood, so. They you had would,
2: the market.
3: Not only the market, you could get your price.
2: Yeah, you could get your price. Right. Yes, you know, somebody them.
3: was paying $40 for a pair of little kids' overalls. Who'd have thought? <laughs> in
2: 1985. Yeah, who yeah, would have exactly. thought? I wouldn't
3: have paid that, you know. Well, that's but. the other
2: thing. you got to remember. Well, and
3: fast fashion wasn't there yet. Yeah, I wanna... Okay, so clothes were actually more expensive than in some senses. Okay,
2: I want to throw this quote out that I think is actually from— it's from a business that's no longer in business. It was like a, an academy for people who sold things on Etsy. And mm-hmm. I, I just followed them on Facebook, you know. And they said, you are not your target market. That's right. I love that. Because yep. what we tend to do is undervalue what mm-hmm. we provide. Mm-hmm. So don't do that if you are going to fund your sewing right. with your sewing. Okay. Or if you're going to fund it, let's talk about not funding it with your, you know, with your sewing. Let's say you clean houses or you do uh, freelance editing or you do something else. I think it is. You shop
3: for people. There you and, go. Uh, there's all you kinds take of things. You in another
2: baby or whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. Know. Um, whatever you Dog do. Dogs it. Or you just take a percentage of your income. I do think that a really smart way to look at a sewing hobby is to put aside some level of money each month because don't you think this is kind of a hobby where all of a sudden all your machines need to be serviced. Okay. Right. All of a sudden you do want to make a fabric purchase on some very precious fabric that might be on well, sale.
3: Well the other you right, exactly. Because if you keep buying things yard by yard, mm-hmm. you may go in the hole. But if you can buy a bolt of something at a better price, that's the way you actually really are going to eventually make money. You cannot keep buying retail, retail, retail. Yeah. Probably. If you... And making any sort of profit.
2: If you want to buy... Well, I'm not... And I'm just talking about even if you aren't sewing. Oh, you're just talking about sewing for yourself. I'm just talking about the hobbies. You know, I think sewing... It, You're just
3: talking about budgeting. Yeah, I'm just talking like about budgeting. allowance. Yes. What allowance are you putting onto your sewing? If
2: you do that, if you, let's like say that you set aside $150 a month for sewing, mm-hmm. okay, so you keep socking this away, you keep recording it in YNAB because they let you do that, and you don't have to have like a separate bank account, you just have your little envelopes there, then all of a sudden when three of your machines need to be serviced at the same time there's some money set aside or ZD and Mallory have a pre-order for all three colors of power shaper net that they sell. And man, that's like almost $70, but it's okay. I've got this set aside and now I'm going to stock up on power shaper net, you know, or something like that. I think that is a good thing to do. Cause like it's, it's a little different. I think of some other hobbies, like playing an instrument, depending on the instrument, you know how much maintenance does that instrument need, or well,
3: painting. this is also a hobby where you have to renew your resources.
2: That's right. It's you, a very you know. I mean, hobby. yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, if I ride a bike, eventually I have to buy new tires and uh-huh. all this and all that. But I don't have to do it every time I ride my bike. Yeah, you're really using right.
2: up stuff right. when you sew. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, I think about uh, like if you do play a musical instrument and you pay for lessons mm-hmm. each month. Okay. Well, you know, maybe you buy a few books. Or something every right. once in a while to start off with. But
3: that initial investment, you know.
2: You got a pretty stable run, right. though, going there. Uh, so I It do
3: depends think... on the instrument and what kind of maintenance or repair right. it takes. You know.
2: So I would say that whether you're going to. So if you've got this chunk of money that you set aside every month into your little sewing fund. Well, you can decide, okay, I'm going to try and sell this many masks. Right. Or I'm going to try and profit this much by making this whatever. Or do alterations. Alterations, you told me. Yep. You told me. Yep. ZD said. Yeah. She said alterations will put food on the table, and they do. Yeah, because people need
3: people need alterations. alterations. Honestly, they're quick. They're boring to a lot of people, but they're a unique thing that you can do. And if you find I some may... short people, and well, you
2: can hem pants. You will. You will have
3: regular people, <laughs> right? It's yes. just like your hairdresser. You know, people will go buy a pair of pants and they will bring them They won't even go home. Right. They'll come straight to you, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And there's ways to manage that business, too, that I learned in the long run that, you know, bridal alterations are very profitable. They are difficult.
2: Right. They
3: are. They can also be risky if you do not know Know what what you're you're doing. (laughs) And let me tell you, they are the most difficult clients most of the time. Not because it's them. Sometimes it's their mother or it's the person they bring with them. And, you know, I, you know, it's like the wedding dress is the end-all dress of the world, and it's going to make everything perfect. If, and if it's not, you know, it, it's very emotionally tied.
2: Yeah, I would say that if you want to go, like, the the easy route with alterations, you need to have your jeans hemming technique down mm-hmm. and your blind hemming technique pants down. Are,
3: pants hemming is the big thing. Start
2: off with some pants right. hemming. Let everyone know you hem pants. I made, I
3: made it through <laughs> college, Hemming jeans and pants. Now,
2: this is Now,
3: I I mean, when I say made to college, I didn't pay for my college. But, you know, that was my pizza money. That That was was my gas money. That was the money, like, I had that, that, you know, my parents paid my tuition, thank God. But, you know, that was the money I had.
2: Yeah. Well, I was making... Um,
3: I think I did them for a dollar. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think so. Or well... Two dollars? I can't remember. It wasn't very much. You
2: all paid for, like, the vast majority of my college, and I came out with, you know, some student loans that were very reasonable, and I... Did embroidery. Right. Embroidery is often away. would make the student loan payment with that.
3: Except I bought the embroidery well, machine. So say I that's, that's the other thing. Yes, right. Yes.
2: Okay. I could not have afforded right. I would use our floor model. I mean, I was set up right. Mallory is like sewing privilege person. So she she
3: could make money with no overhead. That's right.
2: Right. But I will say that sometimes when people would come in to buy an embroidery machine, like if even okay, they're buying the Sophia. Cost six ninety nine, you know. I would say you have a twelve dollar minimum on your embroidery projects, and I think that they could literally pay for that machine in a year. Oh yeah, you
3: know. Um, I'm thinking of Betty. I don't know if Betty listens to us, but Betty Kramer. Yeah. Um, I'm saying your name, Betty, Betty well, without I permission. Say, okay,
2: but well, we hold on. Betty's daughter is in our beekeeping video.
3: Oh, okay. Yes, so she is. yeah, all right, all right. Yes, she is. Yeah, but Betty bought a big embroidery machine Uh yeah she was a nurse was is still is yeah um and she said i think i've got a way that i can pay for this machine Mm -hmm. you know her husband was in the insurance business so he worked for a a big huge we have a lot of big we we are insurance insurance we're like insurance capital of the world here (laughs) and he was some sort of executive there or something right and she said all of these people are having babies all the time. Yeah. And they have this problem of what do they send? Yeah. And they wanted to send like a basket of, and, and they wanted it to be consistent. Mm-hmm. No matter what level. No, every
2: ba- yes, no matter what level the employee was, yeah, you know, idea. they wanted to
3: be consistent and they wanted it to be unique. Right. Right. And she designed this baby blanket where the baby's name was on it mm-hmm. and the baby's time of birth. And well, I, you know, I don't even Whatever. remember yeah. what she did. It was very simple. It was very cute. And she was, like, staying up all night making these blankets because she had a real job, too. Right, you know. right. But um, she paid for her machine yeah, by making – but she basically had a contract. So not only was she smart about what she created, she, she was contact. smart about how she marketed it. Right. right. She went and said, I can solve your problem. right. You know, right. and they they said, okay, well, you know, we'll let you make a few. Well, then the people raved about them. Uh-huh. So then she was in, and I don't know, she may still be doing them.
2: And you may never, you, you do have to like doing it. Right. Because you may never actually, if you factor in every single little thing and you want to pay yourself, let's say you're going to, you know, pay yourself $20 right. an hour or something. But if you're like, okay, I'm in my sewing room, I'm going to take a little time to make these blankets, I'm going to get this cash, you know, you... You may never really actually profit, but you may pay for that. Well, and and what
3: Betty learned and what Ah. I learned, too, when I, you know, did things like that is she had it down. Mm -hmm. She could, you know, she got faster and faster. You know, well, at some point you don't get faster, but, you know, you get faster and more efficient at this, faster and more efficient at this. And... um, the other thing that was nice is Betty, oh, the only thing Betty had to customize was the names. She chose the fabric. She, she yeah. So as long as, she, you know, she didn't have to go, oh, it has to be a blue and orange blanket with the boy's name in this uh-huh. corner. Da-da. Right. I mean, it was very consistent. And if she ran out of a certain fabric or she found a fabric on sale, she could get it or, you know. So it it just worked out really, really well for her. Um I always said alterations put money on the, t- or food on the table, and they did.
2: Put mon- They put money on the table. I they like put that. put money, money on the table. The- t- oh, my gosh.
3: And, and they I, did. I, and I, you know, when I was single, I did alterations. Right. You know, and um, it was my second job. Yeah. And I actually fell into bridal alterations. But I will tell you, so listen to this. When I would make a bridal gown, I would sit the bride down. There was a fifty-dollar consultation fee that went towards your gown uh-huh. after I talked to you, and then I would say to them, "My minimum for a wedding dress is eight hundred dollars." That was my labor. Up. Yeah, that was my. La- that was not the materials at all. Right. If they balked, they walked. I was fine with it,
1: mm-hmm. okay?
3: Because I knew how many fittings this took. I made a muslin. I made a, right. I was giving them what they wanted, okay? Now, somebody came in and they wanted you know, a real simple little white slip dress of right. course it wasn't eight hundred dollars but at the time people it to scare
2: people a little bit it's good well i mean at
3: the time people were wanting dresses with layers and layers and embellishments right and, and all these things i mean these were not simple dresses mm-hmm. you know these dresses weighed 50 pounds when you were finished you know but um i made more money hemming
2: the dresses
3: hemming yeah people bringing me their dresses i made more money you know, hemming a wedding dress and making a bustle than I did doing that. For one thing, I usually had one fitting. Yeah, they put it on, I altered it, they put it back on, and it fit, and that was that. When you're making something like that, a couture, that's why it was eight hundred dollars. Right. Because I might meet with them six, seven times. I, I, yeah. You know, and that had nothing had nothing to do with um, the work I did when that they didn't see.
2: Right. Right. Okay, let's take a little break and let's come back. And I think we should explore customization a little bit. And then let's also explore the content area where someone might try to make money off their sewing. Okay, this ad spot is a chance for me to brag a bit. I am really proud of my I Am a Sewing Machine shirt design. The design incorporates elements of a sewing machine like a spool, a threaded needle, and a knob all within the text that tells the world that you are a sewing machine.
3: Made from a super soft cotton and printed here in Columbia, Missouri, our I Am a Sewing Machine t-shirt is available sizes small to 4XL and we've included garment measurements in the product description so you can get the perfect fit.
2: It's the perfect gift for yourself or any other sewing machines in your life. The proceeds go to supporting this podcast and you can get 10% off when you go to slash i am a sewing machine and use the code MACHINE all caps. Tell,
3: Tell the, world the world
2: that you are a sewing, sewing machine. machine. Sew, 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 sewing And we're back. I just want to bring up that I I think there was this rule that I learned, you know, that you kind of taught me and I learned a little bit if you are going to make stuff for people. Really limit and clearly define what is customizable. So if you are going to do custom embroidery and you have 140 fonts on your computer, You only show people 10. (laughs) Okay. You show them the
3: ones that are the fastest, the the simplest, and, you know, you pick pick four or five that are very different.
2: Yes. You pick a block font, and you pick a swirly one, and Mm -hmm. you pick a this, and you pick a that, and they're all one color. Right. And, you know, then if somebody's really like, oh, I would just you know, I really wish there's something really specific and they're willing to pay for the extra time and everything. All you say is,
3: I can do that, but it will cost (laughs) a lot more. I mean, you just say that. That can be done, but it will. And then they'll explore that and they'll go back to the plain, simple one. That's right. That's what will happen.
2: And they, you know, I would let them go over to the embroidery thread. Mm -hmm. And pick a color. And they pick the color. And I didn't care if they spent 20 minutes over there. I was doing something else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, but you, you pick font number four and you brought me a, a navy blue, you know, jacket and then fine you can go pick from the ten colors of silver over there. Right. But I'm not I'm not gonna spend a bunch of time on that. Or they could pick from the thread chart or something. But really define that, you know, and I it might have been kind of fun to ask Kim Shear a little bit. She sews mm-hmm. and she sells in a boutique and on Etsy. Right. And she sells some pretty labor intensive stuff, like those kid bomber jackets. Yes, she makes those. Yeah, you know from scratch, uh, and so I wonder. I, I would ask him, be like, do you find this rewarding? Do you think it's a good use of your time? Yeah. And I mean, well, I think she does because she still does. You it, know,
3: also the you know? woman who asked us about it, she's uh-huh. having, a, uh, she's having a baby. She's yeah. having a newborn, and she has not ever had a child before. Does she have any concept? Of you know where her time will be spent, or yeah, how how her time's going so be to be
2: flexible with yourself. Well, be yeah, I mean, I your... guess what I'm
3: saying mm-hmm. is, you know, is she go? Is she the only one providing childcare? Right, right. You know, now, yeah, she might be able to go to the store with the kid in tow. Right, but can she really sew with the kid in and tow? Every... Will the kid take a nap during the afternoon? I don't know. Can she sew then, or is that when she's going to have to do something else? I mean, you know. Uh, She's kind of in a position where she doesn't know how it's going to be either. You're
2: going to be very uncertain. And I think we talked about this in our parenting. So she's
3: starting a whole lot of new things at once. Right. She's basically starting a business or, you know, whatever – And uh, you know a new family. Well, she said
2: she didn't know. I want to be. Well, no,
3: no, no. She she was was asking. She was just asking people to make comments. Yeah,
2: because you know, and we're making comments. One baby I had, I could have run. Well, I did. I like took her to the shop and I did her website, and then second baby. Well, the other thing too is Mm -hmm. the other
3: thing too is they're very portable till they're about six months old. Then all of a sudden they start walking around, and you know, uh, are not taking as long. You know, things change. Yeah,
2: so it's nice. So I
3: mean, you know. there's just so many fat. If your kids are in school all day, maybe it's a good deal. You can right. get it done. I don't right. know, but you know, um, you know, a lot of this there are no definitive answers well, right. to.
2: So so right. Well, we we know that. Um, <laughs> right. So keep your If you are going to run a business like that, keep your customization very clearly defined. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to talk about is. Following people who sew on Instagram and thinking that they're, like, making, making a money. bunch of money mm-hmm. from their social presence. Right. And I have followed people for long enough to to start following them and think, oh, my gosh, they must really be, like, sponsored by a fabric company or they must be um, – uh whatever. So you if know, you getting...
3: think they are endorsed or sponsored, you believe they're making money I from feel like, them.
2: Are you I feel right. like, oh, this person must be generating income from their social right. presence or from their blog or from their website or whatever. But then the post will come, the day will come when they say Oh my gosh, I'm just so burnt out because I've been doing this for free. Or and and it's different, you know. I'm and I'm not like naming any names here because that's not appropriate. But you also sometimes you see just these beautiful photos and you think, well, why can't I do that? Or that must be, you know, easy to do this. A lot of those people, you know, they're just haven't. This is their hobby, right? Maybe they've got a little bit more discretionary income than another person or than you, you know, or uh you know or you look back and you see oh the feed is actually very uneven they get to sew a lot during one time of the year and then not during another or something like that and starting a blog I a lot of people are like well I'll start a blog in order to this is what we do we create a lot of content and then we sell things and there are blogs that create a lot of content and they have a lot of ads on them you know so it's not as simple even though setting up a website can be uh can start off being pretty affordable, right? you know, it's not always a surefire thing. So I want people to know that, that it's not easy to grow an Instagram following. It's not, you know, always that simple. And even though someone might look like they're having a really good time and like they're like, it's just
3: easy and it's just fun. And
2: they're putting money on the table with Instagram instagram i want i want you to question that you know well
3: i just even when we had the shop right the 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 brick and mortar people would come in and say i wish i was you and you i got to sew all day well we didn't always get to sew all day and sometimes we had to sew what we didn't Like it wasn't our idea we wanted to sew this. It was like we had to get ready for a class or we had Mm -hmm. to do this. And we fixed machines and we paid bills and we cleaned toilets. And, you know, so it's, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, Things don't always what they appear to be, right? Oh I mean, yeah.
2: Well, and yeah. I've I've. Learned I mean, I really
3: think a lot of people thought we just came in there and laid around on our fabric and sewed it.
2: <laughs> I've learned that, it, you know, in the – this is kind. This is I don't even know what this podcast can be called anymore because I don't think we can call it budgeting for sewing. But <laughs> I have learned from being a part of a the a trade organization that a lot of the people who are in this sewing and craft world. It's not their only job. Right. And they are people who don't have to work.
3: Right. Because they are, they don't, they don't have to have a consistent flow or a predictable flow. I just
2: want to say that I don't have any statistics about this, but it's something that I've spoken with, with other people. Other people who say, yeah, you're right. I don't have to work. I have a spouse. I do this. I I do try to do it in a professional way. I do use the money. We like the money, but like if that, and, and, and I think that's, this is maybe part of a deeper issue, but. The sewing world, the crafting world, people do expect a lot of free content. Yes. Yep. Yes. And, and it's okay to give things away for free. We give things away for free. Mm-hmm. But I think that kind of affects, on the whole, how much people are then willing to pay for things. Well, and then who definitely. these types of businesses can support. Mm-hmm. Because if everyone is expected to do things for free all the time, then you will see that the professionals are not people who must make a consistent income with health insurance and everything like that so why I bring that up in the budgeting for sewing episode is because I don't want people to think that when they go and try to do such and such they try to make custom things or they try to have the sewing blog and it doesn't work it's not because you're like bad or anything. you didn't Lo- fail lots of people, <laughs> lots of people have right. tried and, and not been quite successful so you might what I, I I guess maybe this brings up you might be better off Doing the freelance editing and putting that towards your sewing hobby versus trying to make the thing. Well, and that was what
3: I was saying about burning yourself out on what you love. Yeah. Because you're trying to meet someone else's expectations. You know, the other thing, I don't know, Mallory, if you even said this when you were talking, but so (laughs) maybe you see, I'm looking at L.A. Finch's Ah. logo right here, right now. So you may see something where someone's like, oh, you know, I love L. A. Finch. Here's L. A. Finch. You know, you you might be thinking they're getting paid by L. A. Finch mm-hmm. to do. Okay, they might not be getting any remuneration whatsoever. Right, right. They just like that, and they just decided to do it. Right. Or maybe she is sending them fabric, and and they're sewing it up. Well, technically, I mean,
2: they should disclose that.
3: Well, I was just going to yeah, say this. Yeah. Okay, this okay, is where exactly I'm going. Where you're going. Okay, this is where I'm going. So all of that is supposed to be disclosed, <laughs> but it's not, what do I want to say? It's not, in, that's not enforced always. Well,
2: not in our industry. No, yeah, a lot enough. of it,
3: you know, I mean, no, because nobody's losing money if it isn't. Right. Okay. Right. If somebody started losing money because it wasn't, you'd to believe it'd be enforced. So, you know, you had, you know, somebody should have said, I made this romper because, you know, it was sent to me by L.A. Finch, right. da, 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 da. But you don't always see that.
2: Yeah, like when we are sponsored by LA Finch, well, first of all on the podcast it's very obvious that right. it's an ad, but when you do a social post, you should be disclosing. So
3: if you see an Instagram post, the yeah. first thing if, we, if if it's something we're doing for baby lock, say, yeah. it should say hashtag what how do they do it? Well, you can do it so, a few ways. You can yeah.
2: hashtag ad or hashtag. But it should whatever. be
3: like your first thing it right. should not even be buried yeah you shouldn't yes. in
2: fact our affiliate disclosure that we put in our blog post it's up at the top right and I've seen where some people put it at the bottom of the blog post and from my understanding from speaking with many experts technically it should be one of the very first things that someone reads once again
3: Right. No one's enforcing this, uh,
2: right. but uh, and do people know. even
3: realize the significance of it? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. But you know, don't think that um, because someone mentions a company, right. they are being, you know, they do have remuneration okay, or well something. Well, that
2: brings up that you know there is now like a trade organization for influencers,
3: right. mm-hmm. and
2: I think that so people who do like branded stuff right on social media. And I think that's really good because we've been approached before. So first of all, we have amazing sponsors like L.A. Finch who understand the value of our content. And that's – we very much appreciate that. But we've been approached before where people are like, well, we'll give you like this piece of product if you, you know, do this and this and this, like uh, equating to like hours and hours of work for us. Yeah. Okay. Like and, hours. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's really good that there's kind of like a union out there now because I think those brands sometimes want to take advantage of people and well, their time. And they,
3: and, and, and they yes. wouldn't
2: want you to do that if it wasn't valuable to them. Okay. Right. You know. Okay. We're totally I – I don't even know what we're going to call this episode.
3: <laughs> I don't know. So I mean, I guess what I am thinking of is we can get paid in product – Right? Yeah. And at the end of the year, we get a 1099. Mm-hmm. Which means we have to pay taxes on that product, okay? And it will not be the wholesale price of that product that they decide we pay taxes on. So they're giving us a product at their highest, you know, right? Um, MSRP and saying, you know, we got... We paid them $12,000, you know, or whatever, and now we get to pay taxes on that.
2: Yeah, so, you know, well, also, if you're really going to get into this and you want to make money on it, you really need to get, like, a small business license, and you need to be doing your stuff right. Uh, So, anyway.
3: But alterations. Put money on the (laughs) table. hem
2: some pants. That can be cash only. No, (laughs)
3: I—so, Anyway. (laughs) bring me your fifteen dollars in your pants that's That's right you need to say that's
2: right and uh, minimums oh my gosh I don't even know what this is going to be called set aside money every month for sewing um (laughs)
3: no if you if you do if you do decide to sew like this I think Mallory's very correct you have to decide what your price list is or what your minimum is especially like embroidery was easy I don't do anything. I don't touch anything for less than $10. Yeah. And I yeah.
2: Remember- I just,
3: oh, but I only want one letter, $10. I still have to hoop it. I still yeah. have to work it up on the computer. I still have to thread my machine. I still have to, you know, when somebody says to you, but I only want and say, what what well, well, what we could say was well we have a machine for sale oh, yeah exactly you know but they no they didn't want that they wanted something done well, for very when, little with
2: alterations I I think you I think this was kind of left unsaid but I know it's something that you learned and you taught me with alterations like pants hemming and embroidery you get the repeat customer yes those people you know I would ha- do one baby blanket for somebody and then they were coming back to me every two weeks right you know and so. Being consistent, um, and you develop
3: a clientele. Yeah, you
2: develop a clientele. Uh, but also, I want to I want to bring up something else, kind of a flip side of this. I remember one time, Fred. Uh, I hope she doesn't mind sharing this. This was kind of
3: oh, we do we do, we really page. use Fred. Yeah, we really do. <laughs>
2: But she said, hey, everybody, I have a goal I'm trying to reach, like a financial goal. And so contact me if you need. And she listed some skills she had. One of those things included sewing. She also was like, I'll fold your laundry. I'll do whatever, you know. And and I, I loved that, that she put that out there to her friends. And so they could help her by helping themselves, you know, and know that this. So you may sew to meet a different financial goal that's not your sewing. right? And, it, you know, I know it's six of one half dozen of the other but sometimes it is sort of in the way you frame it. I just it. I
3: just had a friend actually you know? who did this. She just finished PT school. Yeah. But she is um immune immunosuppressed. Uh-huh. Okay. And she is really looking for a job where, you know, yeah. she you know, this is hard now. Yes. Okay. And and she put it out in social media and said while i'm trying to figure out what i'm going to do i still need to make an income these are the things i can do and she named childcare pet sitting blah uh-huh. I cannot work in a retail store With the situation I'm in She, right. she put what she couldn't do Yeah, even. You know she said But I am And I know she'll I know she work And I don't know if she You know and I was like and she said say childcare. So you may want to know <laughs> <Hey>. that <laughs> Right But you know And I said I will keep you in mind And I will keep her in mind yeah. If something comes up Even for me or someone else I will keep her in so, mind
2: So depending on how you Psychologically view these things So if you go make a bunch of masks And then you are just Emotionally worn out from this You don't want to think about it like that, uh, that it's funding your sewing, but would you think, oh, I'll make these masks or a baby blanket and it's going to fund my student loan payment or it's going to fund, you know, this or that? Uh, Gas
3: money. Whatever. whatever.
2: However you want to think about it. I think that sometimes can make a big difference. But mm-hmm. then, you know, maybe a percentage of your income is set aside for sewing and that's sort of non-negotiable. Sometimes that can make you feel like, oh, I always know.
3: Well, I think about the woman that said this. I'm having my first baby. I might be staying home, you know, yeah. um, because childcare. You know, it's, yes. a, it's a, but she's thinking.
2: Yeah, good, good to You her. know,
3: she's thinking about it. She's asking about it. She probably will come up with something.
2: And it can be sometimes people ask questions in Facebook groups. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, why are you asking this question here? Right. However, she's asking this question in a group where like people love to sew and are trying right. to find time to sew. It's a really good context. And sometimes you do get a really good individual answer
3: well it helps you and, so much and she you know that's what she asked for yeah. i it, throw your ideas my you know, way you know i
2: i don't know where she's from but like we we brought somebody brought something up in the group about having become injured and someone was like oh my god that medical bill must have been terrible and they're like oh well i'm canadian so it didn't matter yeah <laughs> so it's like we you know we here in the us We're like, okay, got to find a job with health insurance, you know, and that's not something necessarily that everyone in the entire world has to do. That's not quite the calculus they're using, you know, when when thinking about this or even, you know, like we don't really have subsidized child care in this country where there are some countries where there is subsidized child care, you know. So she's going to get an answer. I'm gonna get a few answers. Maybe will be applicable. Maybe won't. But maybe someone's individual situation will inspire well, her to problem sometimes solve. Sometimes
3: somebody's idea sparks an idea. It's yes. not even theirs that that you go right. with. But it's like, oh wait a minute. What so about So I love
2: this? to I love to look at kind of the broader. You know, there are the there are a lot of podcasts out there and like data analytics where it's nice to get a really broad sampling to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's nice to get some real specific, oh, this is what happened to me, sample of one, right. answers to. But
3: I, I think the one thing you can take away from this podcast is, ju- you know, blogging and social media doesn't, that alone, and making content doesn't make the money just flow in. Nope. <laughs> You know. And if you do the reason we have sponsors is we have to go market ourselves to them. They yeah. don't fall in your lap.
2: No, and that I you know, to have a successful social media presence you have to look like you're having a good time all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean you don't we are most of the time. necessarily have to. But what have
3: you done lately?
2: Yeah. What what have you done lately? I, yeah,
3: what have you done lately? What have lately? you done lately? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's, what have you done lately? I think
2: we really might have lost some people there. Uh, that was a joke from before the podcast. So anyway, yeah, be careful. Com- comparing yourself to people on social media has been discussed. And Probably so... don't compare
3: yourself to anyone anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's
2: tough anyway. But I do think that when you kind of get into sewing you're on instagram to look for inspiration you know i and think
3: and, i think what you know. she did was great asking people for ideas yeah. or what do you yeah. think or has anybody done this or whatever because she is obviously going to have to alter it ha ha, ha to meet her you but know yeah, you just her got circumstances a new boat. no
2: one's saying like are you going to give people boat rights to pay for your boat i
3: know Isn't that somebody weird? might say
2: will you sew some things to pay for your boat though you Know, it's, I mean, it's that a different might thing. Happen. it's a different thing, but all right. Well, I might
3: just sew a new boat. Maybe
2: we just have uh, created more questions than answers. Probably, oh, that's okay, yeah. Uh, but if you have any insights on this or personal experiences, we'd love for you to share them in the group, or you can share them in the comments on this podcast episode. You can go to sewingoutloud.com and it takes you to like the podcast page. I'd I haven't shared that in a while, so that is a a domain name that we own. Uh, All right, ZD, take it
3: away. So long and so happy.
0: Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SewHere.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?